0: Welcome to Breaking Down Bits A conversation about great comedy bits With the comedians who wrote and performed them
1: Welcome to Breaking Down Bits I'm Brian Gendron
0: I'm Drew Jordan, and we're excited to keep this train rolling. Thanks for listening. Uh, Man, the podcast, I think we just keep getting more interesting guests, bringing some different stuff to the table here in season three. Uh, I think we're going to get into a very interesting conversation I'm looking forward to today. Um, But, of course, a lot of stuff to talk about in the Breaking Down Bits world before we get there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So first off, the feedback, Mike's been going excellent. Thank you for everybody who's participated. If you want to participate, we do it on Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern. We try to keep it tight within an hour. There's some just killer comics that come in there, help you work on your jokes, your tags. Everybody does five minutes, gets three minutes of feedback. If you want to participate in something like that, we'd love to have you. Uh, we love all levels of comics, new, experienced, and, and we, we're very welcoming in that group. And it's very supportive. bits at gmail com is or is where you can email in to request a spot. Just say hey, I want a spot next Tuesday, and we'll get you up.
0: Yeah, and uh, so we should probably go ahead and hop into our uh, our callbacks from last episode. We had the kind of like low key genius uh, uh-huh. Chris Turner on. Uh, pretty pretty interesting conversation there. Got to a real peek into his brain. What was your what was your callback, Brian?
1: Yeah. You know, he, he shared so much. One thing that stood out to me is his, uh, inf- his uh, advice for corporates and cause I've got a few coming up and he said, ask them who they had last year because he brought it up that there was like some killer. I didn't know who it was some guy in the UK who's just this killer comic. And, you know, budgets probably got a little cut and it's not uncommon right now in the world that we live in. And so, you know, they're just like, who is this guy compared to who he had last year? And so then you have to, you have to address it right off the top. It's like, Hey, maybe you guys should work a little harder and you can bring back that guy or whatever it is. But, uh, you know, that way you're not, you know, it's obviously a disappointment. You set yourself up for at least hopefully success or better success.
0: Yeah. The thing I think really stuck out to me was, his um take on being the best at something very unique and that's exactly what he does i mean he's a he's a comic but he's also a freestyle impromptu improv rapper uh it's a pretty i mean when you put yourself into that category and you're good at it you, you can become the best and so i i think that's a good um encouragement to say like how can i make sure that my act my create whatever i'm doing is is more personal, more unique, stands out from other people. And maybe we can't all freestyle rap off the top of our heads, but I'm sure we can find something that makes our act, not just the standard stand-up act. How, how can you, what kind of twist can you put in there that makes your, your performance unique?
1: Absolutely. Hey, one last thing I want to call out drew is we together run a live comedy show in Houston. It's called the riot. You can get a, at us at theriothtx.com. And we've got a lot of uh, interesting guests coming up or uh, headliners coming through, uh, many of which have been on this show. So we 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 weren't able to announce it last week, but we can this week. Uh, We have Tom Takar joining us on June 19th. Of course, we have Sam Talent, also a guest of the show, joining us on June 5th. And this weekend, as of this recording, uh, Ian Lara, March 13th, and then tonight in in Lafayette. So uh, I I bring that up because if you find yourself in the Houston area, we've actually just announced that we're going to be doing this weekly now. So we've got a show every weekend. We have showcases that we run. So if you're a visiting comic, submit. So you can use the Breaking Down Mitts email, submit your tape. Let us know you're visiting and we'll try to get you on.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Well, you ready to get into this one?
1: I certainly am. Let's bring in our
0: guest. Jenny Zagrino is a comedian that packs a punch of truly original humor. She's charmed audiences across the country with her wit, keen observations, and brilliant honesty for a compelling performance you can't ignore. She made her late night debut on Conan O'Brien and has made appearances on At Midnight and Adam Devine's House Party. She's also been featured on TBS, True TV. MTV, IFC, and more. She's also known for her film appearances in Fifty Shades of Black with Marlon Waynes and Bad Santa 2 with Billy Bob Thornton. Well, welcome Jenny
2: Hi. Hey.
0: So you're like best friends with Billy Bob Thornton now. That's pretty cool. Best huh?
2: friends. You know what's so funny is uh you asked for an updated bio. And first of all, I thought you were a different Drew, and I was like, "I'll get it to him later." And then, uh, and then I just heard it, and I was like, "Oh, nothing's changed." <laughs> <The> <laughs> pandemic. Well, I've been on Conan a few more times. Who gives a shit? So, <laughs> hi.
0: And
1: <laughs> hey. We're gonna watch one of those Conan clips today. So uh, it is terrific. I, I'm a big fan of your comedy. I think I caught you at the Secret Group here uh, when I first started comedy a few years ago. So I've seen yeah. you live, and uh, and
0: it's great you yeah, it's true bios have been a little sleepy probably in 2020 <laughs> uh not a lot not a lot i mean
2: if you did do a lot of things like fuck you you know what i mean
0: <laughs> well we're in texas so you know like it is kind of weird that we're a little more open than and so all of the counterparts in the east and west coast are kind of like you know just not a lot of stuff going on and we're out here Texas is like, let's take the mask mandate away. We're like cowboys, we're, we're just going wild over here.
2: I know, and then you're gonna <laughs> die like cowboys. So, you know, <laughs> it's fine, up on your horses. I mean, look, I'm, I'm planning on coming to Texas, not to live, but to do some stuff. I think at some point, yeah. you know, everything will open, more people get vaccinated and it'll be easier. But, yeah. or not, <laughs> or like gonna go back. To like what it was like, I don't know, like what the winter was like, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's been a wild time. Let's not talk about it.
1: Yeah, let's get past it. So so yeah. the way we run this show in the beginning. So we have a lot of a lot of newer comics. We have comics at all levels, but uh one of the things we like to do is understand your journey a little bit. So your journey into comedy, into acting, and and at some point throughout your journey, focus on maybe some of the big breaks that you caught or, or some things that helped you along the people that helped you along the way, just to help people along their comedy journey that maybe are
2: just starting out. Yeah. Um I started when I was 15 oh. um briefly. Wow. Um and then stopped after like a few months um but it was just kind of always there i took classes um when i was young and then i was going to be a filmmaker so i went to art school it went to film school and then um i in the middle of film school picked stand up up again and was just like oh this is where it's at and i started my second round i started in boston which i think is a great city to start in Um, and I guess, you know, like a lot of different people help you along the way. Um, you find that club owner that really supports you and they book you a lot. You get your group of friends who make shows that you can go do time on. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, just as like time went on, especially to being in Boston, there was a lot of like, um New England because so it's very populated New york is there and you can just kind of go all over New England and do comedy so i feel like if you started out in like phoenix or if you started somewhere on the west coast where it's not as populated um it's harder but there it's like oh i'll drive to New York i'll drive to dc i'll drive like to all these big major cities clubs and a lot of like Lion. I did like a lot of Lions Clubs and a lot of Elks Clubs and like a lot of um, fundraisers and that shit. Um, yeah, and then from there, uh, I did Comedy Central's Up Next, um, and then I got cast when I was I moved to New York, and then I got cast in a Funniest Wins Marlon Wayans uh, comedy show and uh i would credit marlon wayne's like a huge help to my career um and then from there it's like just you know headliners who are like maybe if a couple steps above you vouch for you and then like headliners will take you on the road with them um i didn't really get that i didn't get like one headliner who really liked me and took me on the road with them i just kind of fell into being a headliner which sounds it's so terrible. It was just like really easy for me. I just like it. And I also, oh, and then, but I was lucky in that I had had an agent reach out to me early on and was like, do you do colleges? And at four years, I was like, of course I can do an hour. Yeah, whatever, which no one can. And um, he didn't end up being my college agent, but later, a few years later, he was like, I'm a manager now. Do you want a manager? So he became my manager and then hooked me up with a college agent. And so like around four or five years in, I was touring and like doing colleges. So it's one of those just like lucky things. Like someone saw me on rooftop comedy. (laughs) So I don't know. I guess like everyone's path is going to be so different.
0: What got Um, you from like doing stand up into that connection with comedy? Did you get the manager and that was um comedy central how comedy central happened or was it just being in that scene rubbing shoulders with people and you were just you were just saw the right people independently for comedy central to, to um
2: you know i don't remember if i had a manager during up next or not i think i did oh. um that's my dog <laughs> weird, <laughs> weird noise look at that um <laughs> I think my manager did help me, but a lot of the up next people didn't have representation. So because a lot of like, I don't even know what's going on at Comedy Central anymore, but they used to have like, they would contact the club owner in the town of like the kind of cool hip club and ask for like a list. Who do you think is the best comedian in your town? And then we would have a showcase. And during this particular one, they had the Boston, um, uh, Judges who were going to pick someone and then comedy central is going to pick someone so Who the Boston people picked was not me. They picked one of their old, old guys. You know what I mean? They picked one of their, like it was all male, uh, judges. And so they picked like the 40 year old guy comic mm-hmm. who comedy central was like, that's not who we want for our image. So then comedy central picked me as yes. like their person to go on. So, that's cool. All I'm saying is that it's
1: a rigged system and everyone should <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm kind of so I'm going to go back a little bit further. I'm kind of obsessed with the Boston scene. I'm actually from the Northeast, so okay. uh, there's a there's a doc that I watched not too long ago. It's, I think it's called like when stand up stood for something. Have you when seen stand-up that?
0: Stand up
2: stood
1: out? Yeah, when stand up stood okay. out. Yes. So you've seen it or maybe you have not or you know of it. Uh, really interesting right that scene in the 70s they had like the dim dim song or whatever the, the place The dim is song yeah, I mean, there's a
2: lot of cocaine that was, run yeah. and like a lot of those clubs were just, um, and still are. Um, some of those clubs are just, um, you know, money laundering schemes for the mob. <laughs> did you?
1: Fe- I did, I went back uh, last year or two years ago, right before the pandemic, and uh, did Nick's Comedy Stop, and it like turned into a nightclub after. And I'm like, what is this place? This oh, yeah, is- <laughs>
2: that's one I was gonna be like. It's, I think it's still run, by Austin yeah. mob
1: felt like it. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and like, so funny too, like when I was there, there were maybe like three or four clubs that started and didn't didn't work out. Like there was Tommy's that started right next to Nick's. And then I remember the Blue Man group worked in that theater and they would come by and they were like, you are not allowed to talk about the Blue Man group. (laughs) So like when you're on stage and you see a blue guy come by, you can't say anything. So you just had to like be on stage and a bunch of blue men would just like walk by (laughs) and you weren't allowed to comment on it. Uh, There was um, (laughs) I think it was called Motley's, uh, which was in a basement of a Chinese food restaurant versus the comedy studio, which is in the attic of a Chinese restaurant. Um,
0: Comedy sounds like it's the Jews (laughs) hiding from the Nazis in Boston.
2: uh, (laughs) Hide Motley. Um, Yeah. And then I think a couple other clubs started and failed. There was the Beantown Comedy Vault. Oh, my God. That was like the first place I started and it was run by this comedian. Uh, like who was, I think was one of the the comedians in that um, documentary, like the old timers. Mm-hmm. And he was just terrified. He was just like terrifying and his wife was scary and they were like, you can't perform anywhere else, but here. And if anyone wants to hire you, they have to go through us. Like it was such a mm. shady, like it's like looking back on it, I'm like, god it's so fucking shady and weird and people like you're a comic you're like i just want to make people laugh and everyone's like i own you don't make fun of blue men the mob <laughs> is here watching your set be careful
1: yeah what what time frame was this like was whitey bulger still like a president from yeah. boston Not, yeah. no he was in It'd he was in santa
2: go. monica by that okay. time yeah this was um uh i started 2008 and i left
1: 2013
0: okay crazy
1: yeah. Well, that's a fun start. So, yeah. uh, and then you said you moved, uh, it sounded like to, uh, to, New York at one point and then out to LA. So you've done both coasts, which is better, yeah. which is,
2: which is better. New York.
1: Yeah. For stand up.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like a little, uh, right now I'm feeling a little left behind is like a lot of comics from LA are moving back because it's like easier to live there now. And the clubs are all opening up in April. All like indoor dining, the clubs are going to open up again. Nice. And I don't know what's happening here. And I will say, since I moved here, I've probably become a worse comic.
0: <laughs>
2: it's not. I mean, comedy's isn't where you go to fucking be a killer. You know what I mean?
0: Well, you but don't you come some, here, you end up getting some amazing like film opportunities, and that's been a, a kind of a, a thing uh, that you seem to put some effort into, right?
2: You can audition anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> If they, true, want, yeah. if they want you, they want you. They'll fly you yeah. out. You know? Like, but, if they... Like, the, I think the Bad Santa, like, I didn't have to be in L.A. for that audition. Like, I, they flew into Montreal anyways, so.
0: Gotcha. Did you... Was that something you were pursuing? Like, is film something you are still pursuing in the future? Like, something... Yeah,
2: different? yeah. Like, I'm taking acting classes still. I think, too, comedians have a little bit of an upper hand because everybody wants comedy. They want like funny people or like the breakdowns would be like improv skills. Like I definitely, if you're in it, I would definitely take a lot of classes, a lot of different classes. Don't just be like, I'm just a stand-up. Like that's fine if that's what you just wanna be, but then your your life is just gonna be on the road and playing weird shows. And <laughs> uh yeah, and people like, yeah, you become you have just more of an asset out here being a stand-up then and in everything else that you'll do
0: i mean that's a that's a great tip that i think i i couldn't tell you how many comics that i know in houston right now are taking classes on improv or acting or uh anything like that and it's like if you're gonna really invest in your future and your act and like why wouldn't we do that but i guess maybe those are just a little more common in new york and la like i don't know if there is many classes i can get in houston but i guess maybe online is the best way to do that if you don't have it in your city
2: yeah there's online classes but they're i mean every city has got at least a community theater you know and they want to teach um and i also recommend like just move to a b city if you can when you first start out don't move to an a city do not move to new york or la when you first start they've got comics here and they've got good ones here and you do not want to see, you do not want a booker to see you when you first start out.
0: Yeah. They, what's they your don't... strategy on when you should move? What's the, what's five the five years? Course? Like if, if,
2: years? if you're in five years and you're consistently like getting booked and you're featuring. Yeah. Good. Maybe it's time to go. Okay. And okay. then, I mean, it all, yeah. I mean, also I think that I was, I was just becoming in Boston. Uh, good enough where i was able to hold my own and i would go up into new york city or go down to new york city to do shows and i wanted to become part of the scene because it's also like when you move you're gonna be doing your best material for like six months because you just got to impress everybody and you want to make friends so um yeah don't move too soon and don't move to new york l.a the first time like if you're there already fine But don't do it and be like, you know, Thursday you decided to be a comic and Friday you're,
0: you know, renting
2: an Airbnb in Brooklyn. Don't do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think it's so interesting, everyone's different takes on when to move. Some people are like, when you get 10 minutes of good material, take your ass to New York. And then I think... No! (laughs) Yeah, I think I liked your measured... I like like your measured approach rings a little more true to me because it was interesting. So you're kind of like you said, Dusty Slay shared one time that his... He was in like Birmingham or some small city. And when he he was really getting good, had a great set, moved to Nashville and just murdered. Uh, And no one ever saw him do bad because from this first moment in Nashville, he was a solid comic. And it was a great way to build a strong reputation in the town.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I do that. Like there's such good B cities, Seattle, Chicago, Minneapolis, Nashville, like. These are great cities. And I think the comedy scene now, because everything's online, moves towards it. Oh, also too, if I could talk to like, you know, 21 year old Jenny, I would be like, do all the social media and make videos every day. Like, you know, because there clearly are, you know, lots of YouTubers that we as stand ups are like, they don't deserve it, but they're <laughs> hustlers. And at some point, people just want someone who shows up. So, do the videos, do the TikToks, do all that shit. I don't do Twitter because it gets me into a really bad headspace, and like, mental health is like, I have to prioritize that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, just like I, I'm not even great about it, but like, just post as much as possible and like, get your face out there.
1: This is really helpful advice. I mean, we have a lot of like pure like Drew was saying earlier, pure I'm only doing stand up and like, no man, like acting, improv, getting the social media, the the sketches, all those do all the yeah. things, all the things and uh and will round yourself. And maybe you can and honestly that five year mark, maybe you can reduce it a little bit if, if you're if you're putting in that type of work and that type of hustle.
2: Yeah. Oh, and another thing, don't put up clips too soon. Uh, like if you're doing stand up like maybe three months in and you're uh, like I had kind of a good set, like an open mic, like don't post your clip. Just don't like, cause then you're spending cause then that shit lives on the internet and you just gotta like spend time like trying to find it and take it down. Like I think everyone is just so you're just so eager. And like, I think a big lesson in entertainment and stand up and all that is it comes when it comes. Patience. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm literally deleting a video right
0: now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you're not, if there's no if there's no like fucking audience clapping during a joke, like, you know, oh don't,
0: that's that's a definite I definite clue in. <laughs> Maybe yeah. don't post this. I perform to silence. Uh, everyone, yeah,
1: see this. that's a great measuring stick though. If you don't have any, if you don't have like at least one applause break, uh, it's not probably worth not
0: posting. That's yeah. smart.
1: Yeah, I never thought of it that way. Excellent. Uh, I mean, this, the laughs
2: are like really good. It's fine. Like we all know a really good laugh, but like, it was just like, kind. Of, like, cause I, I used to be a judge for some comedy festivals and the videos I would get. Uh, and also too, like, I'll definitely talk about comedy festival festivals, videos do. Please I think do. No one talks about that as much.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, that's a, that's a great area that we've, we really haven't dove into that. I think a lot of comics are, are starting to think about. I know like we have a guy that's coming on our show on Saturday. He wants to shoot his set just for that purpose and so yeah all you can share from that experience we're, we're, we're ready to listen as far as uh, they only
2: watch the first two minutes no one's watching a full set um so your jokes up, up front need to be killers um and make it like a, a good quality video fucking you know horizontal shit shit don't <laughs> don't do vertical um make it easy just make the link up on like a lot of people have like had like a I, I will not do a wee transfer of a video. Like, I'm not going to download your video to my computer. It's not going to live with me. Like, yeah. sorry. But the most important thing for me was always like, it, it has to be funny in the first two minutes. Not even the first minute has to be funny. And I have to hear good laughs. Cause if, I, if I don't like, I'm not, I have, you know, there's 300 videos I gotta watch.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
2: Yeah. And, um, And yeah, like get it in front of a bigger, as big a crowd as you can. Like even if you had a great set, but it was in front of like six people, like that's not going to impress anybody. So, (laughs) you know, just like keep it short, keep the audio good. Um, Well lit. Oh my God. Let us see your face. Like if you're not lit uh, (laughs) and don't make the video, Cause we would do like the video submission was like five minutes and we would get these 15 minute tapes. People being like, just watch the first five minutes. And I'm like, no, you didn't (laughs) follow the rules. I'm super like, follow, like just follow the rules because that shows me that you a are listening. B can read and C don't think that like you have this idea of like, Oh, I'm fine. I'm better than that. Like, you're not, you're like everybody else submitting for a festival. Mm -hmm. just like, what? Says five minutes. So a five minute mm-hmm. tape. Don't send me a fucking 10 minute tape.
0: So what's your take on, say I'm, I'm putting together a demo tape. It's only supposed to be five minutes. Does that need to be, f- some people I think think five uninterrupted, unedited minutes. Yes.
2: Uninterrupted, unedited. Do yeah. not edit your video. Don't cause we see the cuts. Unless yeah. you're like a master editor doing these I forget what the edits called. It's like a ghost edit. where like, Actually, if you watched um, when Trump was sick, they did a lot of those edits onto him where it would like it would jerk and be like kind of a ghost edit because he clearly was like coughing or saying some dumb shit. So they would have to (laughs) they would have to do a weird edit to like cut out his coughs to be like, look, he's fine. He's not dying.
0: Can you imagine that job?
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's (laughs) like I know. Right. And like it just. uh, i did da- i dated a, a vfx guy for a bit and he's like that's edited <laughs> that's <laughs> fucked that's not that looks fucked up and weird yeah
1: what, ab- what about the other parts of the submission so bio uh, credits all that stuff how much I- you, do you also look at that
2: um i think like for some of these festivals sorry i'm like reaching to grab something because i want to move my computer for it i think that like stuff like credits don't really matter for a festival you know, like, you're submitting to a festival like everybody else to, like, get the credit of being on the festival. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, but a bio is good. Like, keep it short, keep it sweet. um, And, like, have a nice headshot. Like, it's just kind of, like, basic shit. Like, you just got to, like, get good headshots. Oh, one thing I would hate, and I hate it, and I still hate it, there would be comics who, like, I remember when business cards were still a thing. You can have one if you want. I don't even know if they matter. But like, <laughs> there's one comic who had his name. It was like, Mike Mulligan, mediocre comedian, being like, look <laughs> how self-deprecating I am. And I'm like, why are you doing this? <laughs> why are you giving out business cards that say how shitty of a comic you are?
0: It's kind of funny for a split second. Then it's like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> That's, That's a bad just,
2: idea. It, <laughs> I know. To me, he was just very like, uh you know self-loathing uh white boy <laughs> attitude of just like That's how we do. Uh oh, I don't I guess I'm funny. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> like I just I would hate or yeah, anyone who like would say something weird in their credits. I hated too when I would host stuff and someone would be like, "Okay, say this about me." And it would be like this weird like this comic coming up next uh t- wants you to know that she and I'd be like, "No." Give me a fucking... Trying to,
0: like, set up a joke. credit.
2: Yeah, I hated that. I hated that.
0: Yeah. Anyway,
2: so it's just... I don't host anymore, so fuck it.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I like would say, other. too,
2: uh, advice is, like, host as much as you can. Host. Host, host, host. Um, I, for five years, was a burlesque host, which really got my crowd work skills mm. to be as good as they are, because I do a lot of crowd work at my shows. Yeah. And, cool. um... I'm just like throwing advice now. Best advice I ever got for crowd work was from Jay Black. He's a hilarious comedian. Is that you have the opportunity to ask someone whatever you want. Like if that person's like, I'm a stripper, you can ask that stripper anything you want now. Like it's the best opportunity. It's like, you got to ask questions. Don't crowd work and be like, ah, your shirt's stupid. Where'd you get that TJ Maxx loser? It's just like, why do you, why do you work at TJ Maxx? Or like, why do you buy stuff at TJ Maxx? And they'll say something, and you'll make it funny. Does that? Yeah. My face looks so swollen. Sorry, I'm looking at this camera. My (laughs) face looks really swollen, and I don't know why.
0: I it doesn't. You look great. Um, Crowd work is something I'm specifically trying to raise my level on a little bit because I feel like if I were to measure things out, my joke writing is just a little ahead of my performance in crowd work. So I'm trying to like balance myself out as a as a writer, as a comic, Mm -hmm. you know. And I can feel, it feels really awkward and and sometimes maybe moderately hacky to be like, what's your name? What do you do with crowd work? Is, did I feel weird about that? Is that, should I get old feeling weird about that?
2: Here's the, here's the other question. What's the alternative?
0: Yeah. What's your, what's your
2: alternative to do it to that? Just pointing at them being like, look at you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There she is. (laughs)
2: yeah like there's no alternative if you're gonna talk to someone in the crowd like you don't just meet someone on a first date and they're like you know
0: hey i'm gonna tip here okay
2: your eyebrows (laughs) are fucked up like (laughs) you know you go like oh hi you know older woman in their 40s have you ever had botox before and then (laughs) that's gonna get a laugh because of like we just asked a woman in public if she had work done which is a taboo right Right. So that gets a laugh automatically, like, ooh, and then whatever response she's going to give us, we can make a joke into to her being like, no, and then you can be like, oh, like, you know, pretend you're backtracking or whatever it is. I think, yeah. I think that it's the easiest, sometimes the easiest way is the best way. It's the best way to, like, get the crowd work. If you're not doing crowd work that is, like, a heckler is heckling you. Right. Or something else. Like if it's just like I'm hosting this fun show, let's get to know the audience. Da, 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 da.
0: So maybe the key is just to make sure that it's it's at least interesting questions that you're asking. And and instead of just, I mean, obviously you might have to start with a hi, what's your name? What do you do? But trying to get somewhere interesting um yeah. with, with the conversation as quickly as possible.
2: Yeah. And I think that too is like, you know, like okay, for example, like I have jokes about Botox. So starting off with the with asking people if had if they've had any work done you know just mm-hmm. like has anyone had any work done and someone will obviously say something we i say what did you have done and we talk about it and make jokes and then i go into my jokes about botox Nice, you know so it doesn't have to be like you, you know you deliver your first jokes and then i i guess i think sometimes because we're we're so into like this you know the alt comedy world i think kind of Ruined, not ruined, but like made stuff that was easy comedy to be like bad in a way. But if you're doing, uh, you know, fucking funny bone in Cincinnati, they, you know, they want you to talk to them. Like, they that's why people go to a comedy show is like to laugh and they love crowd work. They love that, like, instant, like, I can't believe this happened
0: right (laughs) now.
2: Like, you know. And I think that it became kind of corny, but I don't, I think that uh, I really enjoy getting to know my audience and then I connect more with you and then you sell more merch. So no doubt, you know, like I don't think anyone here is too good for merch, We're all, <laughs> you know? Absolutely
1: and they, not. And they laugh more at your jokes. Uh, Drew and I run a run a room, and one of our things is, at least now, while it while it's at lower occupancy, we personally sit everybody. Right, so we we have that one interaction, yeah. get them to their table. Uh, and I, I guess true at that point, we should be calculating our crowd work on these. <laughs> these are our victims. What can we, what yeah. can we pull from 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 this yeah. interaction? But but to your point, yeah, you, you, we're about to sell some shirts to our show, so we'll be able to sell more merch. But what's most important, and I tell us to any showrunner, they laugh harder at your jokes if they've had if they know you just even a little bit, they'll laugh more. They just yeah. will.
2: Likability is huge, and I mean, lately I've been doing some outdoor sets, and I've not i guess i'm coming more from a, an an angry place now as like oh. I've, I've been stuck inside i've been dealing with some health shit that i shouldn't be having to deal with that like as just like as a woman have have been kind of a nightmare and i'm trying to make make it funny and it's coming out more as angry yeah. and they can feel that so you know i'm like trying to work on that and pull back on like Bringing back the likability that I'm known for, Um, because I still think that you can be like edgy and and controversial and talk about, you know, weird and uh, personal topics, but still be a likable person. You have to be so angry at the crowd. I am. Yeah, I think me and Brian,
0: (laughs) me and Brian both, I think, are on the side of like we work hard to try to be more likable. Which is yeah. not 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 all comics seem to care about that they they try some different angles and uh, you know to each his own hey if you if you make it work you make it work but I like I yeah I like to be likable
1: <laughs> yeah. We just want to be liked. Just please uh,
0: like me a little
1: bit. Uh, it's probably a good time to transition then because you because you did bring up that you know, you're performing more and, you, and that some, some of your attitudes changed and maybe that's showing up in your writing. So we ask all of our comics uh, who come on about writing specifically. So it's very open-ended. Uh, how does Jenny write comedy?
2: Not currently.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, It has really died down because I'm kind of just like, in a survival mode with life. Like I, I got to pay bills. So like I've been <laughs> flipping furniture, which has been great, but you know, <laughs> um, I think that, you know, the best way that I would do it was writing on stage. Um, but I'm also like, I enjoy writing every word out and getting the words right. Cause I think that's really important is like economy of words um and getting your transitions right because i'm like i my my brain right now is like kind of mushy so i need to like write down the exact transitions of like how i'm transitioning from joke to joke how everything's going to be worded because if i don't i i'll just blank so that's like been my process recently
0: yeah. So like preparing for a set, when you prepare for a set, are you a pretty strict set list kind of person? You, you know exactly what you're going to do. How, how tightly do you actually stick to that?
2: No, not necessarily. They're like in the middle. I'll be like, here's some new stuff I want to try. Um, but you know, like I've only been doing zoom shows and I did two outdoor shows this month. That's it. So it's been wild. It's been, you know, Yesterday I did a set and like stuff that you know on Zoom has been doing really well. It's just not doing well in person, which is so weird. Because I'm like, how 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 is this? (laughs)
0: Like
2: it It should be not it should be worse on Zoom. Why is it worse in person? But yeah,
0: yeah. And any any like right before you go on stage as you as you're about to perform. Is there any last minute things that you go through your head to get yourself psyched up, or any pregame? No, additions? at this point,
2: at this point, it's like I've been doing it for like 13 years. I'm just like, oh, let's go. Yeah, time to talk to strangers. Let's go.
0: Yeah, you are know, you a natural extrovert. Is that just like come? I think so. to Yeah,
2: I, on stage it does. I think in person I get very shy because I'm like, uh, people are looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna say something stupid, and then on stage I'm just like. I don't care.
0: Yeah. You, can you know, it's
2: that. like, yeah, it's like that kind of feeling when you know that it's not to be like, uh, sound like an asshole, but like I'm, bo- I was born to be on stage. So I'm like, you know, that's, it, it was something I never really had to work at. Like I had to work the kinks out of it. But very early on, I like took to the stage and had a personality and had like uh, an essence, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So that's awesome. So yeah. So I'm lucky. <laughs> I didn't have yeah. to work at those too
0: hard. Uh, some people are having really have trouble finding that voice and that who they some are. Some people
2: and... shouldn't be on stage.
0: Yeah. <laughs> some people are great
2: joke writers and have no personality on stage.
0: Yeah.
1: So. There's writing rooms for those people, is what that what yeah. you're saying.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, one of the the, the clip we're about to play is a Conan set. One uh, where you talk a lot about being single. The, the, I think you've done it three times or maybe Felt more. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Felt Wednesday set. Yeah. Do you remember anything specifically about, about this, this day, this set preparing for it? Anything? I
2: had, well, okay. I had a lot of friends come, which is, so I always like to pack up the pack it out with friends. Um, but what was really fun is that when I got into the green room, they had all these balloons and like candy and like big stuffed animal waiting,
0: Aww. which is
2: like pretty cool. And it's like my third time. So like, I'm, I'm familiar with everybody and like, it just felt really nice and really, um, but well the also to the week before or no no no, a few like a month before I actually performed this set but it wasn't recorded because we were, they were just testing the stage out for oh. comics so they asked me to come and be like the test comic for the stage huh. so that was exciting That's um great. yeah so it was just, it was like it was like I got to do you know within two months I did Conan twice oh, wow. so so it was fun
1: so it's a great set. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and roll the clip. This is Jenny Seringo oh. on Conan.
2: Zagrino. you can do that again. Uh, uh, I was like, <laughs> I said that wrong.
1: Jenny Zagrino. Also,
2: weird question. How long, is this, how long is this clip and do I have time to go to the bathroom?
1: Five minutes. Please do. Uh, Plenty of time. <laughs> Happy
2: Valentine's Day, everyone. Yeah. I've, I've decided I want to be a better dater. So I've actually stopped ghosting on people. I know, I actually texted a guy I ghosted on, I felt so bad, I was like, look, I'm so sorry, I was so rude, you deserve better. And then they texted back, thank you, apology accepted, do you still want to go out? And then I have not responded.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> loser. So I'm really trying to like, be out on the dating scene, it's so expensive though, right? Like being single is way more expensive than having someone, cause I gotta supplement stuff. So I get a lot of massages, because I miss being touched. And uh, I see a lot of psychics, because I miss being lied to. That's like a really, it's really expensive out here. But I love all the dating apps. I think they're great, because you can always tell what part of the country you're in, depending on the guy's photo, every time. New York, LA, the photos are the same. It's just like, headshot, headshot guy in a boat, guy in first class, check out this tiger, all the time. But then I'll go to, like, the middle of the country or the south, and then suddenly the photos are guy with dead deer, guy with dead fish, guy cradling AR-15, I shot this tiger. All the time. There's... Right? There's a dead animal. In every single photo, like, I'm gonna see it and be like, oh, my God. If he did that to the deer, what's he gonna do to me? He's going to murder me. But then, I'll go to fun places like New Orleans or, like, Austin, Texas, Portland, Oregon, and then suddenly the photos are... Guy in top hat on Rollerblade. Just no shirt, rain with suspenders. Hi, my name is Oreo. I'm a pansexual warlock. This is my life partner, non-dairy creamer. We're Polly. I've been living here for four years uh, in LA, and uh, it's very difficult to be a woman here because Every week, we have, like, a new beauty product that's sold to us. It's just like, buy this, cleanse that, put that in your butt, right? (laughs) And they're so crazy. They get so nuts that I feel like I'm on some YouTube prank show hosted by a 19-year-old boy who's just like, we told these women. (laughs) If they put crystals in their vaginas, their skin will clear up, and their exes will come back. Let's see what happens. (laughs) And then... (laughs) Gwyneth Paltrow, oh sorry, Dr. Gwyneth Paltrow. She tells women to put these jade eggs in her vaginas because apparently jade makes you glow from the snooch out. And so now you have all these women being like, I'm glowing. I'm like, you're sweating. You're going into shock. Come on. I'm going to tell you guys right now. If anyone here feels like their Kegels have come loose for any reason, (laughs) just do your Kegel exercises. That is all you have to do. It is also the greatest exercise, because it's the only one that, when you say it out loud, people automatically start doing it. (laughs) Am I wrong? (laughs) You know, there's someone in here who's just like, oh my god, I forgot. (laughs) Got my reps in. As You can imagine I don't like these things, right? A lot of reasons, but my number one reason is, uh, I don't even know this about me, but I'm a proud American, okay? And Jade, it's made in China. (laughs) I'm not outsourcing my vaginal exercises to China, okay? We're getting American stone in there. We're getting coal, you guys, all right? We're getting coal in there. We're opening up those coal mines, putting those seven coal miners back to work. (laughs) Then if I sneeze, I get a diamond. It's pretty great. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm
0: Jenny <laughs> Such a good set. Um, Jenny is going to be back shortly. Hopefully, she's
1: she's doing it classier than Mark Norman.
0: Yeah, Mark That's... Norman left uh, the camera.
2: Hey, there's. I did a wardrobe change. Oh, look
0: at that. Mark Norman full on just pooped on our podcast. Didn't <laughs> even turn his camera off. He he turned it away to wipe, which we're very thankful for.
2: Wow. Okay.
0: But uh, yeah. I can I just say I love the word "snooch" so much. Uh, like, it is a good word. Isn't that such a good word? And it's TV clean.
2: Yeah, that was provided by Jen Saunderson.
0: <laughs> Did you median out you, here? Is that she what you like, use in snooch. your? Yeah, is that what you use in your regular act, or is that a TV? That's
2: monitor? TV. That's TV clean. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah also weird thing i noticed sorry to just take over here brian I, I know you have smart things to say um no microphone
2: How, i love it i love not using one
0: i'm the worst i'm just i'm will thin things like oh. you did it very naturally
2: i i think uh i think i just because i like storytelling i think it's just easier for me to like use my hands I guess I don't know, I just I prefer it. I used the microphone in the second code and I did because I had a microphone specific joke. Also too, you can see my face is not hidden by the mic. So
0: true hey gotta yeah. use that money maker. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh,
1: I'm glad you gave us the context of the balloons and everything and that you're so good on you're, you're like glowing in this set. Yeah, it's, it's, it's your are inf- infectious, infectious, whatever the word is.
2: Infectious.
1: Thank you. See, it's How not I just your you. name. It's not just your name. It's just me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. Uh, some of the things I pick up on, because these are things that I really experiment with and try to, and try to get better at is the, you, you, you have a vocal act outs for uh, throughout your set. Uh, which which really levels it up, and and we, when you're talking about a character, so the 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 girl who uh, oh I forgot to get my reps in like you know that, yeah. that that kind of stuff is great. The guy voice where you know uh, yeah he's got his headshots and the guy with the gun obviously different. Uh, so those things are really good. One thing I've added to my set, which I was worried about, but it seems to be working, is you whisper. What's he gonna do to me? Like that that yeah. somehow draws people in, or there's something to it, but it really hits harder.
2: Yeah, I think too. Um, a great uh, tip from a comic I got was speaking quietly into the microphone actually gets people to listen to you because they want to know what you're saying. Um, and also, I guess just like, yeah, the whisper is like, it's meant to be like kind of sexy, like, Ooh, it's going to kill me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I think like, I think too, if you're taking acting classes, it will help all of all of your act outs like i remember watching bill burr's stuff with his young stuff versus like after he became an actor and you can see the act outs are like way better and like the improvement in that
0: also you sell you sell your jokes so well like even the parts that aren't like traditional punchline parts you sell them and get a laugh at just like storytelling because you sell it so well i think that's a great tip and a great reminder to say like never stop selling the performance of your jokes
2: i i think like you know i think on stage i'm a heightened version of myself i'm not like a complete different character um and it's yeah it's just like heighten the parts that you want i'm i think i'm heightening when i go on stage i'm heightening the likability i'm heightening the friendliness i'm heightening like the openness that um if you saw me in the street you would not (laughs) find i would be like go away leave me alone (laughs) don't talk to me um but yeah it's like i think too like that stuff just comes with like you know having gone up three nights a week for six seven days a week or three times a night six seven times a week um and that's, that's what does it. I, I think that like, you know, there will be those comics who, for whatever reason, three, four years in, they're all, they're like, they hit and people love them and stuff. But I think in the long run, it's, you know, it, this is really just like a, a time thing and getting to be great. Actually, so funny, last night I had a dream that David Cross is in my dream. <laughs> um probably reminding me to get up so I could do this podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> David Cross, what a what a character.
2: I know. He's I mean, he's one of those guys who's like, you know, is just it like the way like the persistence and the time and that it that that like that will get you will get you to like the David Cross level. Do you know what I mean? Like he there was no like straight shot up to fame for david cross is just like this great thing to where he got to a point where he is a household name and can kind of just do whatever he wants
0: yeah i mean yeah i think that's just probably a testament to hard work grinding because he's not like he's not tom cruise walking around like hollywood you know he's a He's an interesting-looking guy. And <laughs> hey, if you're is-
2: ugly, go into comedy.
0: Yeah, this is where it's at. <laughs> Do
2: you ever see like I I I know I'm a monster. If I see like a really hot girl doing comedy, I immediately get mad. I'm just like, <laughs> this was for me. Why? What are you doing?
0: Right? <laughs> Houston, Houston comic Matthew Broussard has a lot of jokes about that. He's in New York yeah. now, but yeah. he, he really he. I feel like he. You have to mention that if you're a good-looking comic, you have to come out and like if you're a guy if
2: you're a girl and you're like i'm hot oh. it's a whole other feeling then people are like mm. fuck this bitch you saying she's hot you yeah. know because that's true there's like a fine line of of a, uh, you know being what you like as like approachable on stage it's like i think i could try to find the line where like girls don't find me threatening like I'm not going to fuck their boyfriends, but then their boyfriends would be like, I think I want to fuck her. Like that.
0: <laughs>
2: that's the level that I want to that I try to be on all the time. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Cuz then everyone's happy. Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Let's talk about the bit. Which bit are we talking about? <laughs>
0: <clears throat> um Yeah, I mean, I think I mean, they're all, they're all so fun. I, I like what you did with the whole thing, but yeah, I think the, I was just, I was almost noticing because the jokes are so obviously good. I was noticing all the the other, the performance side of it is what really got, drew me in and your, your persona is so strong. That's what I, I just, I don't know. You're such, oh. you are so likable and uh, the Dr. Gwyneth Paltrow tag and stuff like that. And I hate that bitch she,
2: so much. I, I hate her <laughs> so much. This cunt, comes out during eating disorder uh like visibility week a diet that's called intermittent fasting with uh um intuitive eating and i i very i'm very open about having an eating disorder and like talking about it and it is like literally the most harmful thing that you could Mm -hmm. do like is to come out with like a diet that is uh, a starvation diet, and then also be like, but it's also like nourishing your body and listening to your body. Like she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> she's a rich bitch who one time wore a dress where she looked like a fart. Like <laughs> fuck her. No one should be listening to her. It's awful. Sorry, I like I'm I'm no. very passionate about um about how much I hate her.
0: <laughs> I think I think that brings up a really good point, though. You write about what you're passionate about, and clearly there's a there was a lot of passion. And now we didn't hear the anger in the bit at all. It came out very <laughs> fun and playful, but there's a lot of passion behind that bit, there, which is so interesting.
2: Yeah. I mean that, uh, that frustrates me because I just, I hate, I, I hate all the stuff that women are told to do to our bodies that are so stupid. Like, like are tightening up our vaginas uh, with, you know, $60 Jeez. crystal eggs. Yeah. yeah. And like, her website specifically, if you go to it, is just a load of horse shit and garbage that is not, it's all, you know, it's like uh none of it's uh medically tested. It's all just snake oil. But and she, yeah, and a candle that smells like bergamot choice. pussy or some shit. <laughs> like it's 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 uh it's so elitist and it's so out of the grasp of like normal humans and passing off as like normal human shit um, that it just, it just makes me so mad because I just get really mad that, um, and I, and I've been thinking about this lately with Lizzo too, is like these people don't know the impact that they have on other humans. And like, especially on young girls or girls and women who have maybe struggled with their bodies or with um, eating disorders, Mm -hmm. what they do like the harm that they do and right now like Lizzo is doing like a what I eat in a day and like being very like uh kind of like talking about um her vegan journey and posting before and after photos and I'm like that's like super harmful especially to a group of people who have been like in love with like how of like your body positivity and like loving your body and then you have Gwyneth Paltrow being like, "You can starve yourself, but also nourish yourself, right?" Anorexics, like it's, <laughs> and it's, it's just like a, it's just like so much manipulation to women. I think that's mm. what I'm moving into, and what's making me very angry. And I'm not ready to like be funny about it yet, yeah. Because you, because I've been sitting at home seeing it and being like, mean mm. like, oh man, like the the amount of like. Garbage that coming out of the pandemic of like uh, health shit that's gonna come out. Even now, like when when the um, the My Pillow guy was like selling uh, oleander pills.
0: Oh no! I, okay, I'm so afraid.
2: the so the My Pillow guy, fucking this nutball, was selling oleander. Oleander is like poisonous; like it'll kill you. You'll go into heart attack. Heart. You'll get a heart attack. And so he was peddling this pill that was like extract of oleander to help cure COVID. And the CDC was like, no, we're not going to, this is not real. And then he's like, all right, fine. I'm a supplement. So they're a supplement that you can take. Like this shit's crazy. And no, and it's not regulated. Supplements are not regulated. Right. So, you know, it's just shit. Like, so then people are going to start taking oleander pills and putting bleach in their bodies like it's just been a year of so much misinformation it makes me so
0: upset
1: it does sound like you you said you're not ready to write about it yet so it sounds like this will eventually because you're so emotional about it this will be source for material most likely at some point
2: i think it's a one woman show level (laughs) (laughs) because because You know, I don't think that me again going to the Funny Bone in Cincinnati that they're going to want to hear about um, the differences um, in how eating disorders are treated. I don't think they're into that. But I have an audience of women who like me and feel the same way I do, who would probably be really into that shit.
0: Well, you'll find a way to craft it. You'll 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 work through it, just like everything else. It sounds like, and you'll you'll find. Who (laughs) knows? You'll get it. You'll get it.
2: Because that's the thing is, I'm trying out like very specific material to a specific audience on regular audiences who are just Mm -hmm. like have been inside all day and are are, are all year and are like, I just want to hear about dicks. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, No, we have to talk about my endometriosis. Come on. (laughs) Like they don't, they don't care.
1: Uh, Let's do this. We're going to write one more joke before we go. So this is our last segment. It's called Last Laugh. Give us a second to play a graphic. It's weird, I know. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so okay. This is called Last Laugh. This is the, the joke you want to be remembered by. This is your comedy legacy. It could be your joke. It could be somebody that you, that you respect, living or dead. But the last joke we want to put on your tombstone, what would it be?
2: Um. Damn. That's a, that is a deep question. I think, um, I'm trying to think like what joke right now brings me a lot of joy. Um, I don't know. I guess right now I like this one joke I'm doing about riding horses and uh, just putting quotes cuntsdale, (laughs) like a Clydesdale, but a cunt.
0: That would, that would was a lot of right? She was a cuntsdale. Right? At the cemetery. Yeah.
2: Here lies Jenny Zagrino, a cuntsdale. You know, she's a big old workhorse that gave no fucks.
1: <laughs> nice. Oh, we'll, have to, we'll have to visit your tomb. All right. So, <laughs> uh, any, uh, anywhere people can find you, anything coming up? I know it's, it's a tough time with that kind of stuff, but. Uh,
2: I am, I am planning a tour of the South at the end of April. Um, I'll have more dates on that uh, coming up.
0: So and we find you online and all, all those places. Jenny
2: Zagrino on everything. So just J-E-N-N-Y, Z-I-G-R-I-N-L. Perfect. Bam. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much, Jenny, for joining us today. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been Breaking Down Bits. We'll catch you next time.
0: Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Breaking Down Bits. You can keep in touch or get more when you follow at Breaking Down Bits on social media. Visit the website BreakingDownBits.com or shoot us an email at BreakingDownBits at gmail.com.